0: I'm not in charge anymore.
1: Okay, got it. I'm going to risk time and points here from you and say it's a stupid question. You're asking a coxswain that question.
2: Let's just say, there are plenty of bad drivers out
1: there. Uh, Alex, I'm not going to let Whipple beat me.
2: Everyone has missed the most important answer.
1: I, I can't breathe right
0: now okay? I lost control of the show. It's never happened before. And if you've stayed tuned to this point, you all know this is the best episode we've ever had. I'm Alex Del Sordo, and this is another Coach's Yelling, but we're going to call this Coxon's Yelling. And Coxon's Yell all the time, and it's obnoxious, but fun, and we need them, okay, to succeed in our sport. But in order to be on this episode today, you have to be under five foot eight and this is a unique unique thing for me okay but we have titans of our industry we have olympic champions we have people that have coached athletes since i don't know the 1990s and have won countless medals and we're going to get right into this one this is all about the coxswain okay now if you're new to the show or not new to the show If you like or dislike what these people have to say, comment, give us feedback. We wanna make this show better. We are already 16 episodes in. This is 15 more than I thought we would ever do. And today we have amazing individuals. So, like always, I do my intro. And Whitney Powell, you are here. You are a three-time Ironman athlete. You are a PR expert. You've traveled the world. You are an amazing coxswain, amazing athlete. I can't believe you're here today. Welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. It's exciting to be here, especially after an intro like that. I certainly appreciate it. Um, Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome. Now, listen, you've never done this show before, okay? I haven't. You have to talk in 90 seconds. You don't have six minutes like a normal race, right? You have 90 seconds to talk, okay? Be ready. Now, next up, this woman, Creator of the ninth seat. Uh, I don't know how many Olympic medals, three, and five time yeah. world champion, right? Mary Whipple, you are what every coxswain in this world wants to be. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. And I think I've been around long enough to know what I don't know. So I'm pretty stoked to listen. Uh, steal some info from the these other coxswains and uh, maybe I can add some little pearls of those in here and there Well,
0: I love that now you've already been on our show But yeah a little bit different format all about moms of rowing and now this is a competition for you I'm excited to see that competitive juice in you today.
1: Well,
2: so, you know yeah. remember you don't have to be loud. You just have to be right
0: Bringing the heat. I like it. <laughs> all right next up um, yeah, okay, so we have this lovely man from New Zealand, tells us, Eric Murray says, you gotta have Noel Donaldson on our show. This guy, looking you up, Noel, you are a legend of our sport. You, Australian born, you caught, you coached the Orsum awesome foursome. which if you're a rower and don't know who they are, get the heck out of here. You've coached Eric Murray and Bon, uh, Bon and, and Murray. You've won more medals than I can even count. I can't believe you're on the show, welcome.
1: Well, I can't either, too, because it's bloody early in the morning here, Alex, like to make all this work as well, there too. And I'm in awe of my fellow um, members of the panel today, as well, too. I was probably retired from coxing before they were born, too. So I can bring an experienced kind of perspective to what we're going to talk about today, anyway. So great fun That's being Awesome. In. Well, I
0: am I am so glad you're here, and thank you for waking up early. I know you're all the way down under. Now, next up, uh, okay, Mike Lehman. This guy, uh, head coach of Notre Dame, HOCR, so head of the Charles Gold Medalist. You have built Langley from almost the ground up. Now you're out at your alma mater, and you are an incredible coxswain, an awesome competitor, and I know you're an avid fisherman, so that's even better. Welcome to the show.
4: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to uh, see what we can stir up and take down some legends, see what happens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm excited. Now, we're going to get right into it. So first up, Whitney, I'm going to set my clock up. And the way this works, Whitney, is you have 90 seconds to answer this question. And I'm going to give you a thumbs up or down. Thumbs up, I give you a point. Thumbs down, I take one away. And it's it's... It's your perspective, okay? So it's all, I just want you to answer this the best way you can. So here's the question, what is the best way to train coxswains on and off the water? You're on the clock. Starts
3: with preparation, starts with preparation. So teach your coxswains off the water what they need to do on the water or you're gonna throw them in the fire and they're going to make mistakes and probably do things that make you angry, not even intentionally. Second, give them a good stroke seat. You want to make sure that they're communicating with their crew, with their boat, and have a stroke seat that can also be their partner in crime. So communication is key, and they will help you. Third, um, ask them to justify why they're doing things on the water. If they make a decision, maybe there was a reason, even if you didn't tell them to do it. So ask them. Maybe they have a good reason. Um, Have them row. Make them get in a boat and learn what it feels like. Practice what you preach. Okay, practice what you preach. Learn how to row. Um, Off the water, make sure they learn rigging. Learn about rowing. Learn what the stroke is. If they don't know what they're asking their crew to do, they're just a parrot. You want them to make sure that they're understanding what they're asking their crew to do. So, again, I think it all starts with preparation and just have them meet you halfway. Give them the responsibility, but give them the tools to do it.
0: You're a force of of just energy. You are so prepared. You did it in a minute and nine seconds, and you probably answered just the way everybody else is going to answer. Wait a minute. Oh, thank you. I love it. a fury of words and all of it was fantastic five points great job great job Thank you. now mary you are you are the gold standard mary whipple okay so we're gonna bring you on here what is the best way to train a coxswain on and off the water you're on the clock
2: uh besides what whitney just nailed on the head uh you got to be more like um a mentor like coaches have to be mentors and so from day one you do have to treat them just like it, they're athletes who happen to sit in the coxswain seat so absolutely they have got to be around you all the time they have to be sponges carve out coaches 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 carve out time before practice after practice to really tell them why you did something and how you want them to do something. Mm-hmm. Invest in them early because then they're it's not a guessing game um, on the water. And that also leads to coaches. Be consistent decision makers <laughs> and tell tell your coxswains this is like these certain points on the body of water this is where an audible might come out we might go here we might go there look to me these are the danger points so it's all about pre-meetings mentorship and if you've done it right then when you have invested from the ground up the seniors can start trickling down to the freshmen and then you don't even have to teach them off the water you give the the rights to the upperclassmen to now be mentors, and then you have a positive co- coxswain culture where they're helping each other and actually traveling as a squad versus trying to like beat each other up for that time, one man.
0: Mary Whipple, gosh darn it, you are you're good. You are good. All right, and if
2: and they have so I, much more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, and save it, save it. I wish that I had a chance to be in in one of your boats, That it was awesome. All right, now moving on. Noel. Noel, these two women dominated. They probably answered the question perfectly, but now the old guy on the field here, the guy that's been doing this longer than some of these people have been born, what is the best way to train a coxswain on and off the water? You're on the clock
1: firstly make sure that you do treat them like an athlete others have said that as well too Uh, and involve them in a variety of activities just like you do the rowers focus on the on water uh, ahead of it because that's what they've actually got to do you'll be the greatest coxswain off the water but if you can't do it on the water you're not there where it is Uh, be the coach's voice create a great relationship with the coach Learn when to speak, learn when to shut up. I can say that from a coach's sort of point of view. Don't come over the top of me when I'm coaching. So a good interaction there too. Feel the boat. Learn about the boat. Feel Ill as well because, as Mary said, the rowing side of it, get out there, do it yourself so if you, you've got a good understanding of what the rowing side of it actually is. Steer straight. You learn your steering skills. Very annoying for oarsmen when the boat starts rocking and rolling around. So, and teach them the skills. Teach them the feel, the grip, the vision, all the things that are involved in the on water, because we're going to run out of time here. So we'll go to off water, where it is a good learning involvement as well there too. Pre, during, which is on, but and post off the water, being very involved in the progression of the crew. A uh, Mental skill training in terms of leadership. The coxswain is a leader of the crew. Don't just assume that they've got it and because they're small and whatever. Sometimes smaller people find it hard to bully big people around. So you need good leadership skills to, to, to lead people, men and women, uh, and use various skills for that. Analyze video, not only of their crew but of others. So there's role modeling doing. So their education is coming up as well. Time. All time oh, no, advice. I hate to cut you off, but i got to be equal here. Everyone gets a minute and a half.
0: And Whitney, I'll say, I'm going to give you another 20 seconds on the next question for you, okay? Because you you cut out short last time. Now, Mike, I feel bad for you, dude, because everybody just gave amazing answers, but you get to answer the next question first. So without further ado, what's the best way to train a coxswain on and off the water? You're on the clock.
4: All right. Um, I just wanted to keep hearing Noel talk, actually, but uh, so I think the one thing that the key here, and I think that this is going to be very controversial potentially among the people here, is I think that if you have, if you are a really bad coxswain, I don't think that any amount of training can fix that. Because I, I honestly believe that coxing is a personality type. You either, some, if you don't have that personality type, you're not going to get it. I think that is just how you are and how you're built. Um, so along the same lines, Well, Noel kind of alluded to it a little bit. The mental training of creating a coxswain is extremely important. Are we enabling them to be leaders? Like what does the coach do around practice to show that the coxswain is the leader and not the rower? Um, Because I think that a lot of times the coxswains are not enabled. And so they don't have that opportunity. And so they never, they clam up in sticky situations and feel like they don't have a voice there. So one thing that I try to do a lot of is on the water training, put them in stressful situations and then teach them how to come out of those stressful situations. Because if you have a boat walking up on you with 500 meters left and you have a six foot eight coxswain staring you in the face that wants you to do something about it, you've got to be able to react properly and not freak out, not panic. So getting them in stressful situations. Time.
0: Man, Mike, I love that. Man. So it's like you're saying, you're either born to be or not born to be a coxswain. You can't train someone who's not born to be a coxswain. That, that's a good perspective and night's nice answer. Now, with that, we're just gonna roll right into the next question, okay? So everyone ready? And I have an opinion on this and I'm just, I have to wait until coxswain's yelling to say it, but Mike, do coxswains win or lose the race or are they just field managers? You're on the clock. <laughs>
4: Uh, They're not just field managers. Let's, let's throw that out there for starters. They're definitely not field managers. Can a coxswain win a race? I think that the answer is yes. Although it is very, very, you don't see it often. It's very rare. I think it is extremely easy for a coxswain to lose a race just as it is for a rower. Um, But actually more so for a coxswain because the spotlight is on them and everybody knows when they do something wrong. It's a little bit harder to see if the rower screws up something small. So I think we've all seen coxswains lose races, whether it's steering, making an awful call, leaving their lane, hitting something on a head race, whatever. It's very easy to lose a race. I have very, very rarely seen a coxswain win a race. Now, when a crew wins, the coxswain had a huge part in that. But can they be the difference between winning and losing? With that crew, uh, I think that that's extremely hard to make that jump. Um, A really, really good coxswain is one that is not getting in the way of the crew winning the race and helping them along through that process. I think that that's the huge, huge thing there.
0: Hell of an answer. Uh, I can't wait to hear from Noel Donaldson. Noel, you're up. So can a coxswain win or lose a race, or are they just field managers? Noel, you're on the clock.
1: I'm going to risk time and points here from you and say it's a stupid question. You're asking a coxswain that question. Firstly, I'll set that in stone. Of course, I can win races. I'm going to challenge Mike on that one there too. Certainly, if you're a good or a really bad coxswain, you know, you can make uh, that sort of difference, particularly in eights more so than sitting in the front of fours, Uh, making good decisions at the right time being able to spot opposition, knowing the opposition's tactics, being able to know when to cover it within your own crew's responsibilities and uh, um, abilities, you know, leading your crew better than probably the opposition does. I think, you know, when races are often won or lost by half a second, I think definitely a good coxswain can make um, a big difference from that sort of point of view. On the losing side of it, uh, yes, you certainly can. I mentioned earlier about the steering side of it. Steer poorly, off boys, lane to lane uncertainty crew not being able to get on their work definitely can can cause it uh eight if small people coxing hard to see across the field looking over big guys whatever sometimes two or three lanes away you can miss someone who moves Coxins who miss the moves don't see it i'm good on their vision can also lose the races for them um, other things there if you get distracted because your concentration skills aren't good as well too can be another factor for either staying in the game or staying out of the game. So I don't need my extra time this time, but I think I'm actually going to win the argument here. And I'm going to blow these other three apart.
0: No one has ever said I had a stupid question. That was amazing. All right. Gosh, darn it. Mary Whipple, answer my stupid question. (laughs) Can coxswains win or lose a race or are they field managers? You're on the clock.
2: All right, so they can't be field managers because they're on the field of play. So they're actually they're actually in there. Um, they get you to the start line, and they are the only ones who have to cross the finish line. <laughs> um, if you don't have a coxswain, you get DQ'd. So um, with that said, uh, yes, they do win, and they do lose races. I've been fortunate enough to be in the winning scenario um more than um i don't think i've ever been in the the losing scenario but how many times have you how many times have you heard rowers say my cox missed the sprint they didn't call the sprint or you know like we we're two seats down but then i always have an answer well could you then why didn't you pull harder sooner like you were waiting to pull harder aren't you to go aren't you supposed to go afap the whole time so um so i have little sympathy for um that kind of um you know, critique or criticism of coxswains. Anyway, to win races, 100%. Are you kidding me? Like third 500, there's so many things that a coxswain um, has to say to keep the rowers on task. Like what's at stake? Um, there's always that go, that, that go button, that good coxswains save. Um, and in terms of, you know, calling or missing moves, there's so many coxswains who Focus too much on the other crew, but they forget to bring it back. But this is what we're gonna do about it.
0: Time and coxswains Man, who Mary. do that
2: are winners.
0: Muter, muter, That's a hell of an answer. God, I'm like, you know, it's so funny. I'm listening to you all talk, and I'm like remembering races where I had really bad coxswains and like really good coxswains, and I always blame them for losing. I said, "Well, you called the sprint too early." You're, you know, you're a jerk. You were terrible. Oh, Mary. Okay. So Mary, great job. Whitney, here's a deal. You have five points. Noel and Noel's at 10. Mary's at 11. Mike's at 11. You got to come hard strong here. Okay. No pressure. A lot of pressure here. Okay. I'm going to yeah. sit back and, 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 and relax as you, as you go through this. Do coxswains win or lose the race or are they field managers? You're on the clock.
3: Okay, um, I'm with Mary, 100. percent We're on the field. We are not field managers. It takes all nine to win a race. So we are right there with our crew, and we have to keep in mind that it's our loss and win as well. And I think a lot of coxswains forget that they, you know, they sit in the seat and we're telling other people what to do, but we forget like we're competing here too. Like this is I want to win this race. I'm not here to sabotage you. So I would say that I may not have a stick in the water. So In that regard, the responsibility is on the rowers to give 100% for every stroke. Whether I'm calling the sprint a stroke off or not, they know the sprint's coming if we've done our jobs off the water and in training. So I would say, yes, coxswains can lose a race if we're hitting something. You know, the obvious things. If we're hitting something, if we're steering poorly, of course. But a lot of times you get these crews that come off the water and they're like, this coxswain is a great coxswain. Well, we don't hear that very often. We hear the negatives. We hear what we do wrong. We hear the complaints. But what about those ro- those rowers or those athletes that go, we have a great coxswain. Why is that? There is a reason. And it's because we're calling things. We're, we're getting them going in that third 500. Like you said, we're calling the sprint. So are we going to make mistakes? Of course we are. But rowers, you also have a stick in the water. Push harder. Come <laughs>
0: I got to catch my breath. When we get back from a word from our sponsors, we are going to advance into coxswain's yelling. Stay tuned. We're back. Um, here's the, here's how it is. So Whitney brought the heat to start and brought the heat to end. So she came back to tie Noel Donaldson. And we decided on the commercial break that it was important to have all four talk here. Uh, and, and this has been the most electrifying coaches yelling that I've ever done. I mean, everyone brings it. They're super prepared. They are exactly what coxswains are okay rowers are like they just show up and they row coxswains are prepared and 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 they're awesome so this is great so for you people not only mary has been here on the coaches yelling coxswains yelling aspect we are going to now argue the first two points at the end of this five seven minute segment i'm going to ask one final question and hopefully we'll find a winner here so everyone i'm going to start the clock and we are going to get into coxswains yelling so here's your chance to emphasize your original point or argue with one another, you're on the clock. Who's going first? I'm, gonna, I'm,
1: gonna, I'm going first. Come on, Mike. I want you to rethink your your answer in terms of can Cottons win races or not. Have another go at it, mate. Here's a chance <laughs> to get a point back.
4: No, I never. I they can they can win. I think it's really hard to make that that big jump into we were going to lose this by a length and now we're winning kind of thing i think that that now I'll, I'll be the first to tell you that a single rower or para rower cannot do that either i think that i think
2: but there has to be an agent to change it needs huh? to be that who's that going to be that agent to change if it's a rower being that agent to change the coxswain announces that agent of change and says who's with that person and builds momentum so totally. it needs to be yeah. I like both feel and they need to provide that opportunity of being the agent of change or validate that identity
3: and make sure they all do it at the same time so if guys yes. start taking things into their own hands or girls start taking things into their own hands and they're like oh well i want to win this race we have one person making a move earlier than someone else because they feel frantic we we've got to keep it together we got to run a tight ship here
4: no i agree with you. I think that, that that you're definitely not wrong in that situation. The coxswain is the one that should make that move. I, I think that we are four very experienced coxswains. I think that it is very, very rare that you find a coxswain that does that, that actually can like execute that and get all nine on board to do the exact same thing to make a move that substantial. If you were to ask a rower, an experienced rower, college, high school, after college, whatever, they can probably tell you, they've probably had, what, 10 plus coxswains, and they'll probably say that I've had, Whitney brought up a point about a rower coming off and saying, like, oh, a coxswain was really good, and that sticks out. I think that a rower will tell you that they've had one or two really good coxswains, and that's it, and they've probably had 10 plus that they've had in boats with them, Um, and that's not on the coxswains. That is on coaching, in my opinion. No,
1: go ahead. I completely
2: agree about the coaching. Hold on. I want to hear <laughs> Noel's opinion. I, to get, a wo- yeah. I to get a
1: word in here. <laughs> you are a
2: coach. But it is. It's totally from the top down because yeah. coaches need to, to train the rowers how to react to the coxswain because I do agree. It is a symbiotic relationship. It's just not the coxswain making these rowers do it. A well-oiled machine, the well-oiled team. The coxswain doesn't have to say go harder. The coxswain just has to say, not yet. Okay, mm-hmm. now go. Um, because the blinders are on. And, yeah, we're racing other people, but we're just trying to go as fast as possible in our lane. But, no, what you got?
1: No, yeah. go. So, go I'm put a coach's perspective. I'm putting a coach's perspective on it as well, too. We expect rowers to make changes, so why wouldn't we expect coxswains? That was part of my point earlier about they are athletes at the same time. We expect them. You don't always have the best coxswain in your boat club. Like You may not have the rowers, but you still want to win the race. So if, if you've got a really good coxswain who's competing against you, you certainly want your coxswain to be able to deliver for your athletes so that it's a fair contest too. So, yes, we do have to put expectations on coxes, teach them, make them change, make them better as well too. So, yeah, I, I'd put that context on it as well too. So if they're making mistakes, then they need to learn. Uh, but they you know it's a partnership all the way through between the athletes Mary's strong on that because you know knows how well those u.s girls pulled hard for her whatever and the the coach as well so it's a real partnership and you've got to get that right and never stop trying to get it better
2: that's true there's nothing worse than a coxswain who can't receive feedback and then gets defensive and that's the hard part about being the coxswain because your first instinct is your personality and then if a coxswain hears oh you got to change then they're like oh you don't like me but like no you just have to be coachable and you've got to deliver what your audience needs you to hear like every, what you rower, to
0: every hear. rower so so you're we're all rowers but every person that pulls a stick as as Whitney has said earlier is listening to you talk right now and they're saying to themselves no I've had coxswains that ruin my experience rowing <laughs> They've ruined it. Like they've said the wrong things. They've done the wrong things. So I, I love the controversy that's building off camera because I know thousands of rowers that are just going to say, well, you're coxswains. You don't have the perspective of a rower. And I've had rowers lose races. Whitney, what do you think about that comment?
3: About having rowers lose races?
0: About having coxswains lose races because rowers can't stand the coxswain.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think even a slightly toxic attitude in a crew is absolutely detrimental. And so if there's any breach of trust or if there's any, um, any lack of trust there with your coxswain, I think it automatically just puts a little ding on what's about to go happen out in the field. And so I think if you can, um, especially as a coach, I think it really comes back to the coaches again, um, making sure that, we're removing as many variables as possible by making sure everyone's clear on the race plan, we practice exactly what we're gonna do in training, make everyone comfortable out on the water, then it's sort of left up to that personality of the Cox to execute what is meant to be delivered. And so it just, it removes a few of the, of the variables there. Um, I don't makes, know if that makes sense.
0: It
1: does, perfect. I wanna ask this question to like Mike. Alex, let me jump in there. All I'm just right. going to keep helping you, you know, because you know, you, you're know a rower you know, and we're the, we're the people with the expertise in the coxing side. so leave it to us a little bit. Statistically, mate, there's eight of them and there's one of us. Yeah. So you're going to get eight idiots that are going to be more critical than one person can hang it back on the other people. Just pure statistics, mate, you know. So you may not have thought about it that way. So I'm just trying to help you there. Think about it. It's a weight of numbers. You're not going to win the wider numbers argument, ever.
0: Oh, no. Gosh, sorry no. about that. No. It, sorry, I not know sorry. What Eric Murray said, <laughs> bring you on the show. Gosh darn. So I want to ask this question to the to the well, I mean, you all are coaches in some level, but Mike and Noel, how much time do you spend coaching the difference between coaching your rowers and your coxswain? Like, how much time would you say split wise? 100%. Is it 80, 20, 70, 30? What's the difference?
4: Yeah, I think it's very different. I'm coaching, I'm mostly coaching the rowers on the water, unless I see the coxswain like, hey, you could have done this differently, unless I am tuned in to what they're saying um, or what they're doing on the river. Um, off the water, it's 100% to the coxswains. On the water, it's probably 90 10, 90 to the rowers, 10 to the coxswains. Um, now, the difference there is since I live in the Great North, like we have. Uh, we have our erg season and we spend so much time working with the coxswains in the winter um what are you seeing technique wise what motivates the guys work with them on the erg um video review coxswain recording reviews stuff like that so i think it's very different it's all very season season based and whether or not we're on the water or actually in the launch um and then Uh, Yeah. Like, and then in the launch, I always, we always have extra coxswains. I always have a coxswain with me, bouncing ideas off of them, talking with them, what I'm seeing and stuff like that. So that time is spent with the coxswains as well.
3: I think as a coach too. Oh, sorry. Do you mind if I jump in for a sec? Okay. So I think it's also on the coach um, as well to sort of create that culture where coxswains are, I think this has been mentioned before, but they're allowed to be leaders Um, You see a lot of coaches that sort of ignore that part of it and they coach the rowers and the rowers end up either bullying or being allowed to walk all over a coxswain. And I think that crumbles um, so in so many ways on the team, Um, a coxswain's confidence, their ability to do their job, the trust between all nine, and you cannot do it without that trust in, in your coxswain and allowing them to do their job. So I think coaches really do need to step in there and say like, look, your Cox is your leader and you know, we're going to help them just like we're helping you not take or take less bad strokes, you know, wh- whatever you want to call it. So we all take bad strokes, you know, Cox is too, we mess up. And I think we need to be empowered as well by those coaches um, to sort of reel the guys in and say like, look, all nine takes all nine. We've got to do this together and empower that.
0: Noel, how about you? Wait, wait, to answer my yeah. <laughs>
1: I think it's really variable, you know, according to the development of the rowers and the coxswain. So, uh, you yeah, know, Mike alluded to it in, in certain respects, but I think it, there's no a blueprint there. Uh, but the coxswains often do get forgotten about, certainly on the water in terms of instruction, because the focus often is just watching the rowers, watching the rowers. And you think about it, even in the feedback cycle, you'll come in after practice and Tell the athletes what they did right, wrong, and point individual pointers out. But quite often, the ninth person, um, you know, gets forgotten about in terms of that debriefing process as well. Um, and of course, more co- coaches than not, again statistically, are non-coxswains. For example, um, so coxswains may remember to uh, coach the coxswain, but but other Rower, former rower, sometimes it, it may not resonate with them how important it is to continue to coach your coxswain at the same time as well. So, and I, I get that because you know they don't necessarily have the same expertise in that area.
0: So I was a coach for a couple of years, uh, about six years, and I'll tell you, having listened to the four of you, I neglected the coxswain, and I think so many junior coaches
4: neglect the coxswain. Every level of coaching. Every, yeah, level. every
3: level it every
4: literally level. doesn't matter
2: I let's just put it this way i have never been coached yeah yes. i've never either. been coached i have been told i've been told like you know you know i have never been coached <laughs> and i was gonna say like oh you're messing up i'm like no like i really try not to mess up because i am aware and i listen and i'm a gamer And uh, every time I'm in the launch, I'm always thinking about, well, these rowers can line up like easier than I can. A toe, I don't want a toe to replace me. So I pay attention. I am present at practice because my career has been probably 90% based on the launch. So when I get inserted, it's my job not to make like the record scratch. It's just, hey, let's game on. Let's elevate it. And it's like the best compliment in the world when people are like, oh, thank God we're in the eight, I don't have to think. And I'm like, oh, ho, ho, no, I need your brain still. Like I'm, I'm the big brain, but I still need you guys to have quality and I need oh. you to react when I say so.
3: And that's true. I mean, I think that's a really good point too. Um, but what I'm hearing, at least I, I think from most of us, I don't want to speak for everybody, is that the coxswains generally have to be way more proactive than almost a rower would in order to get educated and to learn. We have to go to other coaches, go to other coxswains that have done it before. Yeah, you have aren't... to be a student of sport. Exactly.
0: So exactly. it goes back to what Mike said mm-hmm. about you are born to be a coxswain or not. Like in our world, in our well, sport-
2: let's just say this. Hold on. let's just say there are plenty of bad drivers out there. <laughs>
4: yeah, and they should There are plenty park?
2: of bad drivers who can't parallel park. They pass the test, but should they be on? Should exactly. they be on? Exactly. Oh. you, so you got know, it. I agree with Mike.
0: Here's my final question, and this is going to help determine the winner, okay? So, think, that, think about this, because it, it kind of relates to what we just talked about. I hate to admit this, because I was, a, I was a coach. There's a lot of really bad coaches out there, okay? There's just not a lot of great ones. And our sport is full of volunteer coaches. It's full of coaches that don't make a lot of money, that do it on the side. And especially in the high school level, they're not really great. So, What is the one thing, narrow this down, one thing that a young coach or a new coach or a coach should be teaching coxswains today? Okay, think about this. If you could tell every coach in America or the world, this is the one thing you gotta coach and teach, what is it? Whitney?
3: I'm gonna say teach teach them about rowing. The more you know about rowing, you know, people always ask about how do I motivate my crew? How do I speak to my crew? But that comes when you know what you're talking about. So I would say educate your crew and teach them what you are looking for and exactly what you expect them to do and allow them to meet you halfway and to rise to the occasion because the good ones will. So it's not for everyone but the good ones will. So, so thing, educate
0: the them. teach the coxswain the sport of rowing. Like educate them on the sport of rowing.
3: Yeah, I mean at least what you're looking for and what, what you expect in the stroke, what you want your crew to do most specifically because that will apply to your your crew, but teach them about rowing. Like the more you know, the more the,
0: the, more, the more you
3: have in your arsenal.
0: There's your a- Mike, what's your answer?
4: Yeah, um, I would say you need to teach them how to take feedback because I think that we, you lose a lot of brand new coxswains because they get thrown into a varsity boat because somebody's sick or whatever, a coxswain's not there, and then they get eaten alive, um, and I think that in, in like, even if the rower is just giving them like very constructive, good feedback after the row, they need to learn how to take that and not just fire back immediately. So I think that that's a huge part of coxing is what we keep talking about, like what the coxing can do and make a move and stuff like that. But that's all predicated with the ability to gain the respect of the rowers. That is gigantic. And that is really hard as a coxswain because the rower just sees like uh, right or wrong. Alex probably looks at us and says, these guys aren't even pulling like, what are they doing? Right. Mm. So that's probably what he thinks is a brand new rower. And so it, like, you need to teach them how to kind of listen to feedback, get better, so that everybody can see, hey, I'm trying. I want to win just as bad as you do. Because if you can't get that across to the rowers, they're never going to do anything that you say. So well, you gotta you got to teach them how to gain that respect and how to take that feedback in a positive way, which I think is good for life as well, especially if it's a high school coxswain.
1: Noel, your answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's hard, hard to disagree with anything that anyone saying, but I think also about teaching them about self-esteem, confidence, uh, leadership ability so that they can deliver from an early point of view. So you want them to be on the front foot. You want them to be, you know, your voice there too. O- often customers are small people, maybe, you know, pushed around. You've got to tell big people what to do and those sort of things there too. So give them the skills and the ability to be able to then give good instruction And be listened to by the athletes. So, don't forget that some of some people will innately have those skills. Other coxswains, you know, the responsibility on the coach to teach them those skills there too, so they have a good relationship and can lead their crew right from an early day as they go on the learning journey that others have talked about. Mary, your answer.
2: Everyone has missed the most important answer, in my opinion, and this is why I'm going to win. I'm I'm stealing. (laughs) the Stanley Knowles quote. Boat maneuverability. If you're talking about volunteer coaches, you're talking about bad coaches, you're talking about good coaches. Some coaches can't even like handle all of what you guys are saying. Like these are all great things. But you teach a coxswain to maneuver their boat. Get their boat from point A to point B. Not the straightest. Maneuver their boat. How to get to the dock, how to get off the dock, how to line up, how to run practice, boat maneuverability. You give them that foundation, they have so much more freedom to actually then feel the boat, give feedback, receive feedback. Half the time they are just paralyzed being like, "Uh, oh, I don't know how to get like, whose or do I need to ask to get to where I need to be? The coach is yelling at me. Now the coach took my rights away because they can swim the boat faster. And then I, the the golden ticket is every coxswain says, the rowers just don't listen to me. And my response is, well, did you get to the dock? Did you have to get pulled in? Did the coach tell Did the coach tell you that you were late? Did the coach tell you that you weren't level? Were you behind? Were you ahead? Just boat maneuverability, practice management. If you get that down, then you have more opportunity. And, and even if you don't, even if you're a coach and you're volunteering and you don't even know how to tell the person to put the oar in good or bad, or you can't even have the eye, you can teach boatmanship and boat maneuverability.
3: Okay. That's true. If we're talking about like novice coaches and stuff, that was that's, no, not and like, any like, coach, like how many coaches, <laughs> how many coxswains get
2: kicked out of varsity practice and the rowers eat them alive because they can't maneuver and they're late. It's, it's, make, it's, it's a nightmare. nightmare. So 5% yeah. of the coaches
4: in the country can't drive a launch. So yeah, that's true,
3: I don't know true how they're going to be talking
4: how to drive an eight.
3: <laughs> Especially when they've Alex, never I'm done not. it. We're talking I'm about safety. We're talking I'm about in people's in love
2: here.
1: I'm not in charge anymore. Okay, got it. Got uh, it. Alex, I'm not going to let Whipple beat me. Um, there's no way known am I today, you know, Frank. going to there, too. <laughs> now, Mary... You, if you can't communicate, you can't maneuver. You know, you've got to be able to tell them port or starboard, who to row, when to row, whatever, too. So we've got to get the, give them those skills before they then maneuver. I agree with you, Mary, but I think there's a step beforehand that you've missed out on. All right, here it is. The also, boring I'll step. leave it. <laughs> We're going to commercial, and when we get back,
0: we have a tiebreaker, and I have a fourth question to find the winner. So stay tuned. can't breathe right now. Okay. I lost control of the show. It's never happened before. And if you've stayed tuned to this point, you all know this is the best episode we've ever had. And it, it, without, without fail, having four incredible coxswains, you kind of knew this was going to happen. We need a tiebreaker between Noel Donaldson and Mary Whipple. And I want to go, I don't even know if I have a coin on me. I don't have a coin on me. I'm just gonna go Noel first, Mary second. Here's the question Noel, and you have 30 seconds to a minute to answer. Should men be able to cox in women and vice versa? Can we have a world, or should we have a world, where men cox women, women cox men? You're on the clock.
1: If you had asked me that question when just before gender neutrality came in, I would have said I'd much prefer it to be genderized but now, having seen it in operation, I don't think there's any problems with it whatsoever. Um, currently, the men's, uh, a male coxswain uh, cox the winning uh, world champion uh, women's crew last year, too. So, really good example. It was the best coxswain for the best role, particularly, too. So, if you're looking after the interests of athletes, then the gender shouldn't matter in terms of the ability to get the boat from the start to the finish line there too. So uh, I think there's some challenges around changing rooms and these sort of things here or there from a sp- overall athletic pursuit. But in terms of delivering the main skills of a coxswain, I don't think it matters uh, at, at all. And I'm certainly in favor of having it gender neutral. Um, at the moment.
0: I'm, wow, you know, Mary, I think, well, I can't wait to hear your answer. It might be the situation where whoever, whoever answers first wins. I mean, that was a hell of a response. And I was not prepared for that. Mary, you, you know the question, you're on the clock.
2: I think for the, um, how do I say this? Basically, I feel like the IOC is just wanting to chop uh, sports off their menu. And I think the fact that we do have an opportunity to mix gender within boats, I think it's a slam dunk in terms of inclusivity. And I think moving forward, it's only the tipping scale because it would be amazing to have mixed boats as well in the Olympic program. Um, and, and have opportunity for athletes to double up, triple up. So then that way people have more time to see us and, and and instead of just one and done, um, multiple medals, um, Maybe multiple cocks, boats. (laughs) Um, Like, yeah, like a four and a quad and an eight. That'd be rad. Um, But I think in terms of best person, best job, absolutely. And in terms of being forward and um, gender inclusivity of sport, like, why can't we be the leaders in that?
0: All right, time. Gosh darn it. I mean, I know that people are going to comment saying, Mary should have won, Noel should have won. I hate my position. Like, I want to give you all gold medals, but I can't. And um, I'm going back to the fact that Noel just put me in my place. <laughs> yeah. Noel, you won the episode. Congratulations. Mary, a close silver medal. Great. I
2: respect my elders. <laughs>
0: a third, finish, third place finish. Here's the deal. Out of all the scores, Mike and Whitney both tied. So I'm going to bring you two on. It is tiebreakers based on height. So, <laughs> Michael, how tall are you?
4: Uh, it depends on which leg I'm standing on, but I'm gonna go with, uh, five foot four.
0: Whitney, how tall are you?
3: I don't have an answer that good. Five two. Five two? Oh!
0: Fourth place finish.
3: Oh, hey! Oh,
4: okay. So... smallest win in this case? Oh, Pocket yeah. rocket, Alex. Pocket rocket. At least <laughs> I mean, you told bias. the
2: truth. She could have lied. You could have been...
0: Yeah. yeah. You said five six, and I would have said, sure, Yeah. Man. Yeah. So here's here's how we close out the episode, everybody. Um, you have your final goodbyes. So you have thirty seconds to say your final goodbyes and 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 congratulate your other opponents. Mary uh, Whitney, fourth place finish. Good job. How you feeling today?
3: Well, as a competitor, I don't know about fourth place. Uh, you know, I really would have liked to place a little higher, maybe, but with a very tough field, um, I. Can't say I'm not proud to be out here debating with the best of the best, you know, the, the creme de la creme. So thank you guys for some awesome debates, some great points, and hopefully we can get some coaches uh, thinking.
0: I love that. Now, Michael, third place finished. Good job today. How are you feeling?
3: Uh, I just want to take one
4: final jab. I was going to say too bad that they didn't start the whole, like, men coxing women back in the day because then I could have had a shot at taking Mary's seat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh mary whipple second place finish Great job today how are you feeling
2: i'm feeling pretty confident and i'm pretty um stoked that i did beat mike because you know it's just i win um but in terms of uh expect, you know respecting my elders um Noel, i'll let you buy the beer when we meet um in person and we can you know have a little rehash
0: I love that. And thank you, Mary, for being here and taking the time. Noel, 6 a.m. in Australia, down under. Congratulations. How are you feeling today?
1: Uh, well, Alex, if I had to come second, I would have considered that having one silver in regards not losing gold in this instance you know, with the esteemed company that we're in. Um, perhaps you could have called it a dead heat because you've already referenced this um, show as being the best you've had. So if you had a re-row, then it would be either the best or the second best show that you've ever run as well there too. So well done, team. Great involvement there too. And Mary, I owe you oh, a bit. I've, I've got one other one there too. Just to recognise the, the great achievements of Mary Whipple uh, over the years when she said Tom never taught her, Tom told me that she coached him. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, I just got chills. Come on, jeez. That's why you win today. Great job, everyone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of another coach's Yelling, Cox is Yelling, the 16th episode. Enjoy. You guys, this is the
1: best episode we've ever done. My God. Cool cities.
3: Did you expect anything different?